Louder! Thrill me. Black as midnight on a moonless night. Bitches leave. Groovy. Fucking hold up, hold up. Well then, there, motherfucker! It's got a death curse! Let's fuck! I'll fuck anything that moves! <laughs> Let's show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown. Forever deep, bitch! Recording live from the Black Lodge, it's me, the free will burning, head turning, ass kicking, machismo dripping, master podcast and mouthpiece of the Southeast, uncontested superstar of the airwaves, and your reigning and defending podcast champion of the world, Brandon A. Lane bringing you a special edition of the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast. The month of March brings to mind many things ranging from leprechauns and St. Patrick's Day festivities. But to sports fans, this month is special because of March Madness, where Division I college teams duke it out for basketball supremacy. Here at the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast, we're certainly not athletically inclined, but we do love our heavy metal. And 2023 is going to be no different than the past couple of years, and we're going to continue our new tradition in the style of that famed NCAA single elimination tournament with a hard rockin' twist. Tonight, the Rant Army will album by album, song by song, whittle down the Metallica catalog to decide which head-banging anthem will reign supreme. Album by album, each panelist will have two minutes to argue their pick for the best song, and the tune with the most votes will advance in the tournament. In the event that each panelist picks a different song. There will be an elimination vote and the two remaining songs will be voted on with only one moving to the next round. This will continue until there is only one song left standing. Each album and song will be designated a random number to correlate with its bracket position to keep the matchups as unbiased as possible. So let's crank the volume to 11. Let's go crazy. But first, here's some messages from our sponsors. Are you a nerd? Well, have I got the podcast for you. It's the Metal Thrashing Nerd Podcast, hosted by me, Metal Thrashing Mike. And every episode, I'll be bringing you fans from the world of underground heavy metal, just waiting for you to hear them. So go check us out on all major streaming services as the Metal Thrashing Nerd Podcast. Come on down to Mask by Lance, premium Friday the 13th custom-made hockey mask, down there in Tennessee by Lance McKinney. Find him on Facebook and Instagram over at Mask by Lance. Go order one now, boy. Hey, assholes, it's me, Boner the Skeleton, mascot of the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast, here to sell you some shit you probably can't afford. Are you low on cash? That's not a problem. Sell your blood. Sell your children. Go to the jack-off clinic and give them a sperm sample. We don't care how you get the money as long as you give it to us. Would you like a t-shirt? A mug or a sticker to show that you're a true friend and a member of the Rant Army? Well, all you gotta do is go to RantArmy.com. And if you don't buy something, then fuck ya! Dive into the new action-packed thriller, Mr. Black. 
This is a story about a mafia hitman, Mr. Black, whose latest target is nothing like he's had to deal with before. Mr. Valentino is a man that's into the dark arts, who calls on the Grim Reaper to kill Black. However, the spell fails to be fully successful, as he is still murdered. Now, Death himself is pursuing Mr. Black relentlessly. Now who can Black turn to for help? Who can stop a curse like this? Get Mr. Black on Amazon Books or as a digital download on Kindle. After much torturous preliminary debate trying to whittle down Metallica's immense catalog to just eight albums, we came to the obvious decision and just narrowed their scope to the first eight albums that were released when the band were most critically and commercially successful. <clears throat> Everything before St. Anger, basically. So tonight, we crank the dial to 11 and pit Metallica album against Metallica album, and then Metallica song against Metallica song, but only one can win Heavy Metal March Madness. I'm your host, Brandon A. Lane, and with me tonight are a couple of soldiers of metal. Give it up for Fat Tony and making his debut on the podcast, Mr. Brent Fox. Now, before we get into this, I want to uh, elaborate on my reasons as to why Brent has never been on this podcast. But before I do that, I'd like for him to uh, maybe put his two cents in as to why. Brent, why have you never been on this podcast? Uh, I believe it's because you are afraid that I'm going to shit all over everything. Uh, I, I could see that. You know, you're just... You're a hater, but it's a, it comes from a place of love. It comes from a place of comedy. I think you, you, <laughs> yeah. be shitting on things and you just being a straight-up piece of shit at points, <laughs> and that's that's a different of opinions. But I mean, this I, is the man who did not like the other guys. Let's just get real. I took Brent <laughs> to see one of the most beautiful films ever made, oh, David Lynch's oh, Blue Velvet. One of the sexiest ones, and too. And he didn't care for it. <laughs> I will tell you this. I've seen other David Lynch films since then, and you know what? Every David Lynch film that I see makes me not ever want to see a David Lynch film. This is why. The Black Lodge. This is rants from the Black Lodge. Built upon the foundation that is David Lynch <laughs> and my love of his, his cinematic expertise. But I think this episode is a little more in your wheelhouse. Tell me what it is that appeals uh, about music to you? I mean, you're a guitar player. Give us a little background on where you're coming from in terms of like why you are perfect for this episode. Um, well, I started playing guitar whenever I was a freshman in high school. And of the like, the first song that I learned was The Unforgiven from The Black Album. The Black Album. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, from that point on, like, it was just... I had... This asshole right here said, "You don't know any Metallica if you don't know how to play an entire album." So I did. I was an so asshole. So I learned the entire Black album. And you know, I made him a better man and a, a better lover as well. I did for knowing. I did learn something play. valuable from that. It's like you have to learn. You can't how to get play. rid of herpes. <laughs> <laughs> you have to learn how to do things that you don't like doing sometimes. Like getting that herpes. Was, <laughs> like getting herpes. Blowing me in the bathroom at East High. But yeah, I reciprocate. I, I'm, I'm a, I love that though. Oh, that was my favorite part. That's, it's beautiful. I, I miss those days. It's beautiful. Come soak days. All right. <laughs> no, let's, okay. let's talk about just Metallica in general. Uh, why is it that Metallica is like the perfect band to have in our third incarnation of Heavy Metal March Madness? I want to take this one real quick because, again, 
Metallica is one of those established old school bands. You just kind of, we all grew up with, we've heard a million times, we kind of forget about, but revisiting this band and their, their back catalog again, cause I even listened to St. Anger. I listened to most everything they put out just so I can have some honorable mentions for the end. But I was like, God damn, they're so fucking good. Uh, you know, their original, uh, thrash albums, the, they're kind of still amazing departure in the, and 90s with the Black Album, kinda, and then more so in Load and Reload, and I like some, I like about five songs I'll paint at uh, St. Anger. Then, you know, back to the thrash things of Death Magnetic and how they, as mature, almost senior citizens, cover the <laughs> thrash. You know, uh, what was the one? Hardwired to Self-Destruct. I, that's probably the third time I've heard that album. It's still in it, but, you know, I mean... I like b- half of that album. They're probably. old school shit, man. You realize... It's kind of like a the sunset, you know. You don't think about it because it happens every day, but man, they're it's fucking impactful. Well, from my point of view, you you can't ignore Metallica uh, in 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 true fashion, literally, from maybe like the late '80s up until probably like the 2010s. They were the they were what uh, fucking Tupac is to to rap. You know what I mean? Like they're they're like the 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 person that like is the the flag bearer they're the one that like everybody can point to and say I may not like that genre but I can pick this band out and there's probably something that I'm going to that's true find something yeah. from them they're uh, they evolved from the underground of like you know root rooted metal you know of the forebears but they became the most popular in terms of like across the board metal band probably of all time in terms of just worldwide acclaim. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's talk about seeing the band. Uh, Brent, have you ever seen Metallica live? Three times. Three twice times. Twice in Atlanta and once in Houston. I've seen Metallica twice. How many times have you seen Three Metallica? Three times. No, four. Four times. I'm discounting my first thing because I saw them when I was five years old and it scared the shit out of me and I don't really remember much of anything. I remember Ozzy, but technically then... And then twice on the Black Album and twice on the Low Tour. Oh, Lollapalooza. Twice on the Black Album, once at Lollapalooza, I, once on Low. Did you see them at Lollapalooza yeah. in Newport? Yeah. I almost I, got set on fire by a little person during Fade to Black. It's funny that you mentioned that because that's actually the first time I saw them. And like, I don't know that... They did so what? I did not expect to hear that. I was not old enough to get tickets to that. We were the same age. You're older than me. Like a t- five months. How the hell the fuck did I get there? Yeah, I don't know. You stole them. No, <laughs> my sister bought tickets yeah. and we when we went. Sure. How old's your sister? Uh, older. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I, all I can say is like I saw them and I was a little underwhelmed. Um, the Ramones blew me away. The Ramones made me a fan of the right, Ramones that day. We're done with this. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. No, I like I like the show because I, I mean, fuck, they did so what and a button like a. I, I saw them again on the summer sanitarium tour. That was in like I don't know, like two thousand eight, maybe somewhere in there, and they blew me the fuck away. I thought that they were absolutely fantastic. And my greatest concert regret that I will hold until the last breath leaves my body. Metallica in Nashville. Metallica in Nashville. My fucking nephew went. I could have gone. He got to see Lemmy and Metallica. On yes, the same stage. I could have gone. Oh my god, I could have gone. And I was like, you know what? I've already seen him again. And that was like 
I don't know, maybe a couple of years after I had seen them. So I was like, I don't need to spend that money. And they did an entire set of Motorhead songs with Lemmy that was filmed, that is in Lemmy's documentary. Yes, and Fuck my nephew me. got to fucking go. <laughs> Fuck you, Travis. I love you. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it hurts me to this day. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the guys are getting older. They're, they're definitely not in, like, the senior citizen category. But, I mean, if you've never seen Metallica, I think you probably owe it to yourself. Do it now. Invest the I money while you can. I think 60 this year. Well, RIP Ozzy's touring career, because that broke my heart. We just got that released where he's... Officially announced his retirement from touring. I'm lucky uh, enough. I've seen I've, I've seen, seen Ozzy 14 times, so wow. that's not enough. But uh, the Metallica is the the case for today, so we'll narrow yes. our scope. But R.I.P. to Ozzy's touring career. All right, we've all been briefed on the rules and have agreed to abide by the decisions of each round. No arguing. But there may be a fist fight in the parking lot after. Whatever happens afterwards, <laughs> outside of the Black Lodge. Let it be. I got bets that flip, that Fat Tony's going to flip a table. Yeah, I'm he going to make him mad. He can do it outside of the Black Lodge. No flipping <laughs> table in this room. Uh, there's just going to be concise debate. First up, in the qualifying round, we have painstakingly whittled down Metallica's catalog to just eight albums. So without further ado, let's kick it off with our qualifying round. We're going to be starting things off with Kill Em All. The winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket position number eight. It was released on July 25th, 1983. It has number 66 chart position in the U.S., and it went to number 42 in the U.K., or 142 in the U.K. Uh, as of uh, 2023, it has gone platinum three times. For, Surprisingly for, low. I would have thought at least five. Well, you got to think like this is also a little more harder edged. It's it's not. This it's is rougher not, around that. I won't say harder. It's rougher. Around it's there. it's more. This is less commercial than yes the other albums that topple the the list. Let's go through the. Uh, the track listing. Uh, first up, we have Hit the Lights, a classic Metallica song, the song they uh, for years opened their concerts to. Uh, the Four Horsemen. Uh, number three, Motor Breath. Number four, Jump in the Fire. It was a, released as a single. It charted number 30 in New Zealand. Uh, number five, we have an instrumental called Anesthesia Pulling Teeth. Number six, Whiplash, which was also released as a single, and it didn't chart. Number seven, Phantom Lord. Number eight, rem- uh, No Remorse. Number nine, Seek and Destroy, and closing out the album, we have Metal Militia. Not to be confused with Metal Militia, which is spelled differently, which a bunch of douchebags wear, um, usually in the South. So, Tony, you're going to be starting us out. Put two minutes up on the clock, and when you're ready, let us know your choice for best song off of Kill Em All. I'm ready. Three, two, one. I mean, it's fucking Four Horsemen, duh. That's, that's the correct answer. There are some fun tracks on this. Whiplash is a classic. Seek and Destroy is a good call and response live song. Uh, Hit the light. It's fucking Four Horsemen. It's that's the that laid the template, not so much lyrically but musically, that they would build upon for their future albums. Uh, it's the best fucking song on the album. I know me and Brandon have always had this thing where he likes Dave Mustaine's mechanics a little more than I do. Uh, Four Horsemen is the right answer for this album. It it shows their the other stuff we spoke about. I spoke about Rough Around the Edges, non-commercial. This is the shit that built them up to the metal chugging thrash lords they became. 
And that's all I need to say. It's four horsemen. Duh. I yield my time. All right. Well said. All right, Brent, you're up. Two mm. minutes on the clock. Right. When you're ready. Three, two, one, go. All right. My choice for Kill em All is going to be Motor Breath because uh, it comes from a guitar player's perspective, of course. Uh, but it's it's fast. It's fun to play. It's uh, I love the lyrics. I love how, how it go, takes you on a journey. I love the solo. I love everything about this song. Um, I don't know how to defend it other than that. Uh, so I guess I yield my time. All right, two minutes on the clock. Hold on, let me reset. Somehow I got two minutes and one second. I don't know Buttons how I set the second. There's Especially one button on here. How do you fuck up one button? I don't know how I <laughs> fucked up a button, but it set it to two minutes and one second. All right, uh, three, two, one, go. Four Horsemen is a holdover from the Dave Mustaine version of the band. It was originally called Mechanics, and it was an ode to fucking with a shit ton of car metaphors, and I fucking loved it. However, once Dave was unceremoniously kicked out of the uh, Metallica band, James took it upon himself to rework the song into the masterpiece we know and love called The Four Horsemen, leaning heavily into the Book of Revelations from the Bible. Lyrically, this version is a huge upgrade from the Mechanics version, and this began, began sort of a motif that James would have of weaving biblical references into the band's catalog. One of the many times they tread into this territory, I think this may be the best use of religious iconography, without it coming across as like quote-unquote satanic or trying to ruffle conservative feathers regardless of you're religious or not uh, metal heads uh, they just generally can't get enough of like the themes of like the book of revelation especially with lyrics like this time has taken its toll on you the lines that crack your face famine your body it's torn through withered in every place pestilence for what you had to endure and what you had put others in through death deliverance for you for some now there's nothing you can do lyrics like lyrics aside i think this is the greatest test you can put a metal song through is what when you like drive does it make you speed and absolutely the four horsemen will make you pretty much plow through elderly people in a you know so i i think it's just one of the best songs ever written i yield my time Wow, he made a good choice. All right. Wow. Motor Motor Breath was my close number two. I was going to oh, say yeah. the exact same thing that okay, based, Four Horsemen was number two for me. Based off the arguments, would anybody like to change their decision? No. Uh, just based on the, the eloquence of your argument, I'm going to be like, hmm, I like them Four Horsemen. Okay, so write down Four Horsemen under Kill Em All. How do we, you spell four? Are you joking? Just put the number. This man four. has a master's degree in chemical engineering. I just want to want to point that out. I feel and yet he won't start a meth lab with me. <laughs> Fucking loser. <laughs> man, we're in the prime area to really make some money off of that. Telling you, and I know, right? I'm, I'm sad. I've seen Breaking Bad five times. I know how to get around it. Come on. <laughs> All right. When number, you take better notes. Number two, qualifying round, we have Ride the Lightning. The winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket number five. It was released July 27th, 1984, almost a year to the date uh, after its predecessor. Uh, chart position number 48 in the U.S., uh, 87 in the U.K. It has gone platinum six times. Times that is staggering. 
Our track listing, uh, number one, Fight Fire with Fire. Number two, Ride the Lightning. Number three, For Whom the Bell Tolls. Number four, Fade to Black. Number five, Trapped Under Ice. Number six, Escape. Number seven, Creeping Death, which was released as a single. It did not chart. And we close out the album with an awesome instrumental called The Call of Cthulhu, or as they spell it, Cthulhu. All right, Brent, you're going to be taking us out. Uh, number one on this, Two Minutes on the Clock, Fat Tony. All right, three, two, one, go. Uh, my choice for this one should be obvious to every Metallica fan. This is my number one Metallica song of all time, Creeping Death. There is no doubt that that is the number one song on that album. Uh, it's the number one song in their entire catalog, in my opinion. Um, it takes you on a journey lyrically. It takes you on a journey melodically and harmonically. Uh, it's fun to play. It's fun to uh, listen to. I sing as loud as I can every time I hear it. I, uh, <laughs> I just love the song. I don't know anything else to say other than that. I, I yield my time. Minute 6.15 left. Alright, I'm taking uh, round number two. Uh, uh, on. Three minutes, or two, sorry, two minutes right, on the two clock. Two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, go. Well, I think we're just all on the same page today. Creeping Death continues the religious motif found in the Four Horsemen, but rather than hanging its hat on the New Testament, Creeping Death has its roots <clears throat> in the story of Moses. To be more specific, the band was inspired by Charlton Heston's film, the Ten Commandments. However, what a lot of people don't know about Creeping Death is that it actually started out as a song called Die by My Hand when Kirk was in Exodus. Exodus's loss is Metallica's gain, and what a gain it is. Holy fuck, this song is a monster. Creeping Death is written from the perspective of the angel in death sent by God during the Ten Plagues of Egypt. I'm really drawn to these kinds of songs from Metallica because they're written so vividly. I can lay back on my bed, close my eyes, and I can just visualize the lyrics springing to life. I, I rule the midnight air, the destroyer. Born, I shall be there. Deadly mass, I creep the steps and floor. Final darkness, blood, uh, lamb's blood, painted door, I shall pass. So let it be written, so let it be done. I'm sent here by the chosen one. So let it be written, so let it be done. To kill the firstborn Pharaoh's son, I'm creeping death. The subject matter alone is enough to like engage me, but musically this song is just a cut above, and particularly with Lars. Now Lars deservingly has been criticized for his lackluster drumming throughout the band's tenure, but on Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets in particular, Lars proves that he is incredibly capable when it comes to drumming, and he just pushes it over the edge with this. There's just some really good intricate uh, stuff he does, and it's just perfectly complements the manic pace of James and Cliff's rhythm while Kirk shreds away with some face-melting breaks, and it's just a beautifully catchy solo. Ride the Lightning sees a fully formed band evolve from being a really good, uh, truly, to being great. So Creeping Death is my choice. I yield my time. Eight seconds left. All right. All right, two minutes on the clock. Two minutes on the clock. I go now. All right, I told these guys there were two albums. I had all the very brief notes on each song. Four Horsemen, I said, duh. Ride the Lightning, Creeping Death, fuck you, this is the right one. That's my only notes. It's the fucking correct answer. It's I'm not certain with Brent that I would say it's my favorite of all their songs, but it's definitely top three. This song fucking shreds. It, it, like it's not just a repetitive over and over it's like different parts it's epic it's badass 
uh, again, it's a clean sweep for this correct choice that actually I might forgive you for for a touch of evil from Judas Priest. <laughs> I'm going to use the other minute of my time for shitting on him for that choice. He picked the right one this time because there's other there's other bangers in this album. Ride the Lightning kicks ass. For whom the bell tolls is a classic. Fade to Black is an amazing metal ballad. But no, in the face of all of this, it's definitely creeping death. So with a minute you left, I yield my time. Well, we have a clean sweep. Creeping Death will advance uh, beyond the qualifying round. <clears throat> I, I think this is probably the one where, uh, because we're all on the same page, I can uh, uh, wipe away the beat of perspiration that uh, would come with uh, someone making an incorrect choice. But I think we all. I was hit the worried nail on the head. somebody might have picked like for whom the bell tolls because that is one of their band classics. Of all the albums, like this is one of them that's like you could, like you said in the last one, you could throw a dart. You and throw it hit any good song. No, there's one. There's, there's like two mis- songs. That- Escape. Even the band itself tried to like. They tried to almost kind of do a single, and they're like, "Ooh, no, let's even, never." Even Escape has a bad ass riff it does. in it. But yes, we all picked correctly, and I'm proud of all of us. We can touch tips later, fellas. <laughs> all right, moving into. <laughs> we have important things to do. If you can multitask, then by all means, take your trousers <laughs> off, and we'll get we'll get to it. But. Let's let's not lose right. sight of what's important right now. Up he's, next. He's, giving, he's giving me a wink and zip right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, qualifying round number three. We have uh, what many people consider Metallica's greatest album from March third, nineteen eighty six. We have Master of Puppets. It went to number twenty nine in the U S. Number forty one in the U K. It has to date gone platinum six times. Let's check out the track listing. Number one, Battery. Number two, Master of Puppets. It was a, released as a single. It charted number five in the U.S., uh, 35 in the U.S., and went to number 22 in the U.K. Number three, The Thing That Should Not Be. Number four, Welcome Home Sanitarium. Number five, Disposable Heroes, which, uh, spoiler alert, which was supposed to be the original title, but they ended up shifting gears throughout uh, some point in the production. Uh, number six, Leper Messiah. Number seven, Orion, which is an instrumental. And closing out the album, we have Damage Incorporated. I'm going to take uh, the first round on this. Two minutes on the clock, Fat Tony. Three, two, one, go. Man, throw a dart. Uh, track list of Master Puppets, and you've got just like a 100% chance of landing on a great track. This makes choosing the best song off the album incredibly hard because, debatably, there isn't a right or wrong answer. It's simply going to come down to personal preference, and unlike, you know, unless you approach the process in the way that I have, I feel there may be different choices but this is this is mine metallica on their classic outings always featured an instrumental and the first album has an incredibly memorable entry called uh, call of cthulhu and if you uh oh, i'm sorry um second album the second album um and the first one had uh, pulling you know teeth. pulling teeth and an amazing uh instrumental but i think the if you were to Distill everything that's great about Metallica, the truly great musicianship of this band, and you add just a just a sliver of progressive metal, you end up with the monster that is called Orion. Orion, in my opinion, is the Mona Lisa of instrumentals, and it's the painter is none other than Cliff Burton. Cliff left this world with several amazing compositions, but I think it's his greatest contribution to the musical lexicon. Uh, of American hard rock and heavy metal. My mother, who hates metal, loves this song. Not too long ago, we went out to eat, 
And out of the blue, she asked me like 30 vague questions. And I was trying to like figure out what song she was referring to. And it just happened to be this song, Orion. So I made her a copy of the CD. And boy, did she hate it. (laughs) Except for this one track. And I think when you're talking about great songs... Yeah, you can argue the musicianship that's going to appeal to a genre of of fans, but when it reaches across the aisle and can make someone like my mother love it, that's a great song. I yield my time. No, I'm going to make these two seconds go by. (laughs) (laughs) You don't get to yield two seconds. All right. right, Who's Uh, next? Tony, you're up next. Two minutes on the clock. All right. Three, two, one. All right. I agree. This is the album. There are no bad choices. There is no touch of evil on this album i respect his choice it is not mine my choice might be a little basic it's master of puppets 30 plus years later this song takes over all the gen z kids in the world with fucking eddie blah 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 from stranger things rocking out and getting killed like a bitch to the van it is (laughs) it's kind of like creepy death it's not just one song it's it's three songs mashed up an incredible bridge heavy riffs it's fucking amazing uh it's it's about cocaine too so i mean cocaine's always cool kids no i bet but it really is it really does epitomize like they made a metal epic over like drug problems and like shit that was real in in that time and again it's it's basically because the other songs damage ink would have been my other close or welcome Home sanitarium but this one is, it, instead of those songs kind of seem like two songs mashed, like lovingly melded together, this is like three songs lovingly melded together that brings you on around again to the journey. So uh, my answer is Master of Puppets, and I yield my time. All right. Well said, sir. I'm a basic bitch. Next up, we have uh, our, our friend Brent uh, have with a very hard uh, decision to make. What's your choice for best song I've off of Master of Puppets. Two minutes on the clock. Hold on. You fuck it up again? No, I didn't. Three, two, one. Okay, so uh, this was the hardest decision for me of the entire time. Uh, I'm not even certain that I still have picked a favorite off of this album because there are so many good ones. Like, every song on there. Just a banger. Uh, But I think I'm going to have to go with Battery. Uh, the, the classical guitar intro uh, brings the musicianship that you were talking about with uh, Orion in there and the the uh, the storytelling of uh, a Master of Puppets, though not quite as deep. It doesn't take you on quite the ride, but it's also much more aggressive, much faster. Uh, they love opening their sets with this one because it's a banger for everybody. Everybody loves Battery, uh, in my opinion. From what I've seen, um, uh, it's got great solos. Uh, Kirk's parts on that are just enigmatic, um, and I, I just love it. Uh, I, I don't know anything else to say. Again, I'm I'm left speechless. Uh, I yield my time. Okay. This was the album that like terrified me. <clears throat> okay, so we're at a crossroads. We're now. Uh, I will ask. <sighs> Based off of the arguments, would anybody like to change their vote? Otherwise, we're going to have to go for an elimination vote. I think we got to go elimination. Um. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Um. 
All right, we're going to revote, and obviously the, in this situation, you cannot vote. Uh, you're going to vote for what which song you think is the least, and you're obviously not going to vote. I Sanitarium now. <laughs> no, no, you can't change your vote. <laughs> can't change your vote. Um, uh, but obviously, you know, you're not going to... You can't the, vote for yourself. you got to pick a song to eliminate. Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll start off, and man, this is fucking hard. Um... Man, damn it. Do I have to go first? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Uh, I'll go first. It's an easy answer for me. All right, go ahead. I got to eliminate Orion. I fucking love it. It's an amazing instrumental, but it is not representative and should not... Con- it should not be the representation of arguably, and in my opinion, the greatest Metallica album in this competition. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing song, but I definitely, like, if you're going to... Eliminate anything. The instrumental has to be eliminated. Sorry, but y'all can continue to eliminate mine or whatever. I get that. This is the hardest choice. Like Brent said, I still don't have a favorite. All right. Well, Brent, do you want to be the deciding vote? Uh, I hate doing this. It's like picking which baby you want to shoot. It, there's no good answer. Yeah. I don't there's know. There's no good answer. Some babies I need can... a good bullet. <laughs> some babies could. I mean, Scott, will love you, but I mean, fifty percent of your kids is just you know. <laughs> Fifty percent of my kids end up on the, on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'm going to vote for Orion. I'm sorry. I listen. I I, I should be uh, upset about this, but I I, I don't uh, I don't begrudge this. So it gives you the hardest choice. You have to pick now. All right. Uh, well, no, this allows oh. us. Uh, we can. We're now the choice is just between uh, battery. And master of puppets, so we're going to have a revote, and this will just we'll just uh, just say it. Uh, Brent, you want to start us off? Uh, I'm still going to stick with battery. Uh, I can't be as eloquent as Fat Tony over here, but uh, I, I fucking love battery. I love battery too, but I got to stick with master of fucking puppets, All man. Right. All right, all right. Nobody's changed their mind, still so on it you. will it will be to me. <clears throat> this is really hard because both of these songs are iconic in their own their own way. I, I think that for every reason that Tony elaborated on, that like how important it is in terms of just pop culture, Brent made the case for why Battery is a better song. You know, in the narrow, more uh, you know, specifically to metalheads. <sighs> it's really hard, man. <laughs> That's I, what she said. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go Master of Puppets by Cunt Hair. Wait, that gets de- eliminated? No, or no, it will advance. It lands, okay, it really is. Like this is the one. Like I love, and I still joke about the painkiller thing. That there is only one. There are no wrong answers on this album. Every we could do an elite that, eight with this <laughs> yeah, album. We could have done the best. Song. I would rather personally hear Battery. But when we're talking about songs that have affected like the most amount of people's lives, it's hard to argue that Master of Puppets years later, isn't people the... are discovering Metallica because that damn show, which I did enjoy. I talked shit on that stranger. That was a great season, and it was a cool scene. 
All right, Master of Puppets is going on beyond qualifying round number three. All right, number four, we have 1988's And Justice for All. The winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket position number two. It released September 7th, 1988. It went to number six in the U.S. and number four in the U.K. So we're seeing a steady progression. They're working their way up. And in, by a lot of uh, measure, this is the album that changed... Uh, Metallica from being a a metal band to being the metal band. Yeah. Uh, to date has gone platinum eight times. That is a lot of fucking albums sold. Number one, Blackened. Number two, Injustice for All. Number three, Eye of the Beholder, which was released as a single. It didn't chart. Number four, one. Which was also released as a single. It went to number five, uh, 35 in the U.S. and number 13 in the U.K. Number 5, Shortest Straw. Number 6, Harvester of Sorrow. It was also released as a single. It charted number 20 in the U.K. Number 7, Frayed Ends of Sanity. Number 8, we have another instrumental. And number 9, closing out the album, we have Dyer's Eve. All right, Fat Tony, you're going to be taking a first round pick on this. Two minutes on the clock. What do you got for us? All right, I knew this is hard, but me and Brandon have had this discussion before, and I I really love his favorite song, and probably what he'll pick. But I gotta go, Harvester of Sorrow, big, bad, nasty, chunky shit. I fucking love it. And we're talking about shooting babies earlier. This is about killing your family, you know, infanticide. It is just so swaggering, like dick out chunk hard this isn't like their fast shit this is them kind of slowing it down and becoming just like a this big stomping behemoth of fucking heavy now again i'm not hating on any side like dyer's e or not dyer's eve to live is to die would have been the incorrect musical choice for this one because that's not a bad one but it's it's no orion or anesthesia or call of cthulhu but harvester of sorrow has been for years one of my top favorite Metallica songs. It's just so fucking badass. Catchy as fuck. Gets the testosterone flowing. So, I mean, again, I'm not going to be mad over most choices on this album. This is another badass album. I did, when I re-listened to this, I listened to the bootleg version with the bass turned up 33% because they really did my boy Jason Newstead dirty on this album. But, uh, no, it's Harvester of Sorrow. I yield my 35 seconds. All right, I'm up next. Two minutes on the clock, Fat Tony. All right, three, two, one, Daddy. Well, you already alluded to it. Uh, this is uh, a song that I, I often reference when referring to Metallica. Dyer's Eve. <clears throat> you guys ready to beat a dead horse again? Guess what this song is about? That's right, it's about religion. However, whereas Four Horsemen and Creeping Death were both uh, framed with like the iconography that really lends itself to like the stereotypical scary metal head kind of stuff, Dyer's Eve is more of a personal and it's really considerably darker. James grew up being raised in the Christian Science household, and um, however, when James's truck driving father abandoned his family. His mother was dying of cancer and he kind of lost it. So in Christian science, you're not allowed to receive treatment. So James's mother died a painful, slow death and this made him incredibly angry. 
that anger is cha- channeled into Dyer's Eve. It's a song where he's essentially taking his like painful anguish out on both his mother and his father for leaving him alone and not preparing him for the world because the religion had isolated him so much, so he was basically sheltered. Uh, it's heartbreaking to hear these lyrics like, I'm in hell without you, cannot cope without you too, shocked at the world that I see, innocent victim, please rescue me. Dear mother, dear father, hidden in your world you've made for me, I'm seething, I'm bleeding, ripping wounds that will never heal, undying spite I feel for you, living out the hell I always knew. Listen, I have great parents, so I can't exactly relate to the specifics of what James went through, but his words ring true because it's genuine. That's what Dryer's Eve has that no other song on this album has, is that it is genuine and it actually means something. These lyrics are coming from a point of reality and not fantasy. That's why Dryer's Eve is my all-time favorite Metallica song, bar none, period. Bass or no bass, I yield my time. Okay, three seconds left when he yielded his time. See, I already, I already knew that answer, but let's, let's, let's cue up Brent here. Three, two, one. Speak up, speak loud, speak proud. Um, get ready for the hottest scalding take that you've ever heard. Oh man, burn me. <laughs> oh, uh, I hate this album. I do not like "And Justice for All" at all. It was pretty easy for me to pick a. Uh, a song on this one because there's only three good ones. There's Blackened, there's One, and there's Dyer's Eve. Uh, I'm going to pick Dyer's Eve because for all of the reasons that Brandon's just said, plus, uh, in addition, uh, we're going to go to the guitar player's view because that's the view I see the entire world through. Uh, yeah, I know. Suck on it. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I fully was prepared for someone to p- to pick one. Uh, so I was going to go off on this, how the solo was like. It had all the technical features <laughs> that one has that everybody goes off about. But this solo is great as well. Uh, plus, it's fast. I love fast songs. It's very aggressive. It's very heartfelt. It's You can feel the anger in this song. It is so great. The drumming in this song... The verses, if Lars is just running on the, the double bass beaters the entire time, like it's at, he's at his top. Uh, the intro, uh, you could leave uh, go without that. Otherwise, perfect song all the way through. My pick is Dyer's Eve, and I yield my time. I ain't mad about it. That was like my number two, and Man, I knew I, I was, that hot take got me though. I, I, I have two things to say. Excellent choice in songs, terrible choices in albums, because Injustice for All is my all-time favorite Metallica album. I'm Mass sorry Puppets that is mine, you are wrong. The bass if I really had, does hurt the song. It really does. Get the bootleg that increases it. The you level can turn 33%. that bass up as much as you want to. It doesn't make any of those trash songs any I better. just love... And, and, <laughs> Harvester Sorrow fucking rules. I love the proggy stuff that they did on yeah. this album. It's it's more... I can uh, see that. I, I know you're not a Rush fan, but there's some like Rush I'm not roots. a Rush either. There is something to say about the prog. They, they're really good. They're really technical. 
technicality doesn't make it a good song. Uh, just make, because you write a good song, good songs, and you're wrong. <laughs> just because you write <laughs> Listen, one good, how are you, does not gonna, make how it a good gonna, song. How are you going to bend over, bend me over, and rate me consistently for my my bad take? It's one bad. No, you made no. the worst pot. No, I'm shocked and appalled. I agree with you. This is. My, one of my top three favorite Metallica. I, I don't understand. If he just said this about the Black Album or anything, I get... You this could, one's a cunt hair above St. Anger to me. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> Damn! That's a... Okay, I'm going to rake him over the coals. Like, man... I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow you to flip the table now. <laughs> Whoosh! No, but like... This is the no, moment I was... Dyer's Eve is my close second. One... One's great. One's not. One. You hear one's one on the radio, iconic. you're gonna fucking turn up. It's like it's. I view it like how I view Pantera's Walk. I don't necessarily care for the song, but if they hear it on the radio, I'm like, hell yeah, Pantera, I'm gonna turn it up. If I hear one, you know, I'm turning it up. I'm sorry, but one is so much better. One than is walk. so much better than Walk. I'm just saying they walk, each other. Walk is a big reason why a lot of people don't like Pantera. You know, Pantera. The only time I've ever broken a bone besides a toe was at a Pantera show. So show some respect. I love. They Pantera. don't need to be playing as Pantera though. I'm sorry, the Abbott Brothers made that band. Hot take there. That is not a hot take. It's a, that's that's a, a standard not take. <laughs> All right, we're going to be moving into qualifying round number five. We have Metallica, a.k.a. the Black Album. The winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket position number one. How could we not put the Black Album at the number one seed? And I, it's not my personal favorite by any stretch of the imagination, but in terms of like public relations, uh, you could not escape this album, and it is still in heavy rotation and will be until... All our bones are dust in the, the heat death of the sun. <laughs> Released August 12th, 1991. It went to number one in the U.S. and the U.K. <sighs> At, to date, it has gone platinum 16 times. That is a staggering amount of copies sold. All right. Number one, Inner Sandman. Released as a single. It charted number 16 in the U.S. and number 13 in the U.K. Now, when I'm saying these charted, I mean, like, these are, these are the Main Street, like, Billboard charts, not specifically the yeah. rock charts, unless I uh, say right. so, because as much as I'd love to say, oh, it went to number one, <clears throat> rock chart doesn't fucking count. <clears throat> if it went to number one on Billboard, that's a big fucking deal. And it did in multiple countries across the world. Not just the two most important ones. I'm going to stop you real quick and pause you. The only band to go Billboard number one metal band, Pantera. Uh, opening week. Uh, before that, like the first one, they beat Metallica with um, Far Beyond Driven by opening at number one on the Billboard chart. So true. true. Talk true. shit on to old G Pantera. I get defensive. I'm sorry. <laughs> they helped me through the 90s. All right, number two, Sad But True. It was released as a single, went to number 98 in the U.S., number 25 in the U.K. Number three, Holier Than Thou. Number four, The Unforgiven. It was a single uh, charted at number 35 in the U.S. and 15 in the U.K. Number five, Whenever, uh, Wherever I May Roam. It was a single, uh, it was uh, charted number 82 in the U.S. and number 25 in the U.K. Number six, Don't Tread On Me. Number seven, Through the Never. Number eight, Nothing Else Matters. It was released as a single, then went to number 34 in the U.S., and number six in the U.K., number nine, Of Wolf and Man, number 10, The God That Failed, number 11, My Friend Misery, and closing out the album, The Struggle Within. All right, uh, before we get into our round, let's count this up. One, two, three, four, five. 
Five of the 12 songs of this album were released as singles. This is the thriller equivalent of a metal album in terms of like every song off of it, for the most part, is in heavy rotation. Like you could pretty much drop any one of these songs on the radio and people are are going to have at least a vague recollection of who it is oh, and what album it's from. 100%. The, this is the thriller of metal. I, I, that's a very apt analogy. And, and Except they didn't molest no kids. so That we know of. We know. And and also, <laughs> just like the thriller of metal, it is hugely overrated. <laughs> yeah, also agreed. <laughs> All right, Brent, you're going to have a first talking point here. Uh, Fat Tony, put two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, go. All right. Uh, this is not my favorite Metallica <clears throat> album. Uh, but it is up there. Uh, it is very cr- critically acclaimed, as we've been through already. Uh, you can throw a dart and hit a single in this album, not just uh, a good song. Every song on this album is great, in my opinion. You, there are no wrong choices here. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love Inner Sandman. I love all the all the way through. Uh, but my number one pick on this album. Uh, you already called me a hipster, so I'm gonna go ahead and live up to it. Um, it, it is the God that failed. The God that failed is an amazing song. Uh, it is about the uh, the same struggle that James wrote about in uh, Dyer's Eve. Uh, it's about his battle with um, what is it, Christian Science, growing up, and uh, this one is. Not specifically that story, I don't believe. I believe it's a an unnamed child that dies, but uh, in a similar fashion. Um, the The melody's great. Uh, the riff is great. Um, this, it being the black album, the it's not a a giant epic like all of the rest of the albums. Uh, so it doesn't take you on much of a journey, but uh, it's still a a great song nonetheless. Uh, so, The God That Failed is my choice, and uh, I yield my time. All right, Fat Tony, you're up next. Two minutes on the clock. What say you? Best song off the Black Album. I want to say this. God That Failed was my number two. I'm like, that's kind of a hipster choice, but I, I get it. I have no hate on you. I did think that's a hipster choice. Maybe Brent will pick that. I'm I'm sorry. There there are certain songs in, in our are adolescents that are fucking iconic. Unforgiven is my choice. You want to talk about a fucking app? I know he's looking at me surprised. It's the least heavy song. And well, besides, you know, nothing else matters, but like, it's not your typical ballad and it's not heavy per se. It's just dark and brooding and full of like hate and regret. And it's just, it's kind of like, like a literary tragedy put to song and it does take you on a journey, and it's fucking just so depressing. And now, as we're all older, me and Brent in our 40s, Brandon with his first gray pubes almost pushing, <laughs> about to turn 39. Like, it's just like, it's it's really just fucking the true expression of, of perceived fail, wasted potential and life grinding you down. And I just fucking love it it's great and but again god that failed it's close number two uh because i grew up in a seventh day Adventist church school i heard you know not christian science thankfully but i had to record 
Saturday morning cartoons and watch them at night. So that's basically the same thing as letting your mom die of cancer. <laughs> <laughs> but my answer is unforgiven. I yield my time. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to be able to top that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, go. All right. We have to really examine what this assignment is. This isn't what is the best song that we're picking. This is the best Metallica song. When you are talking about Metallica, it needs to be metallic. I like The God That Failed. Lyrically, I think it's the best song on the album. I absolutely agree with you. Unforgiven has one of the greatest unintentional, not unintentional, what's the word to say, um, uh, improvisational solos ever laid. But when I'm thinking about Metallica, there's really only one song on this album that is quite metallic, and that's Through the Never. That riff is the only riff that I can think of off the top of my head, with the exception of uh, fucking Inner Sandman, off, just off the top of my head. And um, I don't give a shit what wins off this album, because the Black Album is overrated, and fuck you, Brent, for liking it more <laughs> than I, I yield my time. I don't give a shit what advances from the Black Album. <laughs> Damn, he gave up a minute. I don't think Brandon's ever given up that much time. I literally, look at my notes. I didn't write any. (laughs) Uh, Fun fact from this album, if you look it up on Spotify, I'm fairly certain the most played song from that album is uh, Nothing Else Matters. It is. I was was looking, yeah. Well, sad sad moms like to have something to listen to while they're flicking their bean in the bathtub. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, but as, as and far at that as moment, important... And at that moment, moment nothing else matters. <laughs> exactly. As nice. far as importance, though, for their career, no song trumps uh, Inner Sandman. Oh, no, obviously. Like, that is the song that keeps All the right, lights we, we have a three-way tie. Who's won? Does anybody want to change their mind? What did you pick? Uh, obviously, I don't give a shit. But I'll tell you right now, um, I, I, I will. you're going to have to argue for what song is, is better uh, to, to get me to change my vote. I, well, my vote to get rid of a song is soon than ever. Although they did do their concert weird movie with that. This is one when guy. they transformed their sound, though. So are you talking about old Metallica? Are you talking about new this Metallica? This is definitely Bob Rock era Metallica. That's how I describe it. There's only one amazing album from that, and we'll get into that next. I agree. Not as wholeheartedly with Brown. I don't hate that. I like that. In the 90s when it came out, this was my jam. God That Failed, My Friend of Misery, of Wolf and Man. But re-listening, Wolf of Man and Don't Tread on Me and all oh, that shit are real fucking cringy. Don't Tread on Me is one of the worst songs ever. Recorded. It really But, you know, at 10 years old, right off of uh, the Iraqi war back then where we kicked so much. Yeah, you loved it. But now I'm like, oh, God, no, no, no. It's, anyway... My vote is I'm not changing my answer. I will argue. Do you need? Are, are you changing your answer? Are you going to mm. eliminate his song or mine? I'm going to eliminate through the never. Okay, so, right, so it's a, I want a pick. minute rebuttal from each of us on why to okay, you because your that's decision. Fair. One minute rebuttal. Sell me on on why your song should advance. Okay. It's me. I just took over. Sorry. Like, <laughs> I, I feel passionately about this. Unforgiven is where they changed from a band and went from just a metal band 
from just the metal band to a fucking rock, to a band. It didn't have to be metal. They were realizing they didn't have to paint themselves into a corner. They could still be heavy, dark, and brooding without being thrashing at 100 miles a fucking hour or super low chunky. It, it It's emotionally resonant. It takes you on a journey. It's the only fucking epic off this album. Like their old school shit that they always had epic songs on. This is it. This is kind of a holdover, but still taking away, and it's just great, and uh, I'm going to yield my last uh, 10 seconds, because it's unforgiven, but again, the album is overrated. All right, Brent, I'm going to give you one minute for a rebuttal. Better fucking wow me. Better fucking wow him. (laughs) Three, two, one. Um, As far as being the song that transforms Metallica... Uh, I it's amazing how you can talk with my dick in your mouth. <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly disagree with you uh, with um, The Unforgiven because that song is a copycat of Fade to Black. That's where they uh, in, created this formula. Then they went on with Sanitarium. That was another ballad, also epic. Then one, Unforgiven is just another in the formula. Um they did do their slowdown thing and write good songs with The God That Failed, not The Unforgiven. That was not original. I'm sorry. I'm not going to yield my time. You're going to have to eat those 19 seconds. Fucking think about how you're wrong. <laughs> All those other ballads had a heavy part at the end. This one didn't. It doesn't? I took his time. Maybe we need no. to put it on. It's not a heavy thrash part. <laughs> Guess what? All right, you pick. Fuck it. You interrupted him. I did. I did. Well, this was a bonus round. We can interrupt bonus. No, it was rebuttal. I broke the rules. You I pick don't his give song. a shit. No, and, and no, he doesn't and, either. And um, <laughs> in under normal circumstances, I, I would. But I'm still pissed off that Brent doesn't like Injustice for All. <laughs> so, You're gonna die mad about that so, one because so I'm, I'm, I don't care. Picking honestly, would, which one would you in pick? In all honesty, I, I, I like both songs, but I, I'm going to have to go with Unforgiven simply because of its cultural significance. And that's that's uh, a wide That's gap. why I went with it. And it I'm doesn't have the thrash breakdown. The wrong answer in this one. But we'll, we'll write mine underneath that <laughs> all one. Right. All on. right. Who's going first on load? All right. Well, let's, let's break it down first. Qualifying yeah. round will- number six. The winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket number three. Released June 4th, 1996. It went to number one in the U.S. and U.K. Uh, We have a a huge drop-off from the Black Album. It's only gone platinum five times, but that's still a respectable amount of albums sold, especially back when selling albums... But there was a you know concerted effort by multiple bands and not just a handful at a time that would be selling that amount. All right, number one, Ain't My Bitch. Number two, Two by Four. Number three, The House That Jack Built. Number four, Until It Sleeps, which was a single. It charted number 10 in the U.S., and it went to number five in the U.K. Number five, King Nothing. It charted uh, number 90 in the U.S., but did not chart in the U.K. Number six, Hero of the Day. Charted number 60 in the U.S. and went to number 17 in the U.K. Number seven, Bleeding Me. Eight, Cure. Nine, Poor Twisted Me. Ten, Wasting My Hate. Uh, Number 11, Mama Said. uh, It was a single. It went to number 19 in the U.K., but did not chart in the U.S. Twelve, Thorn Within. Thirteen, Ronnie. And closing out the album, we have the epic The Outlaw Torn. I'm going to be starting off this round. Two minutes on the clock. 
Three, two, one, go. If Load had been recorded by any other band, it would have been lauded as an all-time great piece of music. I will stand by that from day one till day last. The unfortunate thing is that Load was released by Metallica, the world's biggest metal band, after touring the world for five years in support of the biggest metal album of all time, that being the Black Album. Metallica cut their hair. They changed direction from commercially minded but still harder-edged heavy metal to Load, which feels more like a hard southern rock album. My choice, and I think it's the best example of what a band could do when they are not confronted by uh, the expectations of what they've done before but can still deliver a quality song and it's one that's probably not going to win but it's my favorite song off this album that being The House That Jack Built it's a mid-tempo song. It's pretty simple, all things considered. But uh, like by 1996, James has actually become a pretty good singer, and there's a quality to his voice. It's like he's reaching for those higher notes, especially in the chorus that like raises it from good to great, in my opinion. Lyrically, it's always like evoked like a like an introspective kind of thing for me. Uh, the higher you are, the farther you fall. The longer you walk, the farther you crawl. My body, my temple. This temple it tilts. Step into the house that Jack built. Now, James is a well-known alcoholic back in the day, and I think this is him sort of lyrically bearing his soul about how drinking drinking has negatively affected him, but it's also vague enough to where you can sort of apply it to yourself. And I think that's how you truly write a great song, is it's something that is personal, but still vague enough to be able to interject into your own you know, world. I'm going to yield my time. My choice is the house that Jack built. All right, Brent, now coming up, uh, you got two minutes on the clock. What's your choice for best song off of Load? Three, two, one, go. Uh, my choice for best song off of Load, which I agree with you, anybody else recorded this album, that's album of the year, hands down. I love Load. I love Loads. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go ahead and get it out of your system. I knew you do, Bubby. Okay. Um, but my favorite song off this album is... Uh, I thought about it for a minute, but after a while I came to the conclusion, it's bleeding me. That is the best song, easily. Um, uh, the riff's great. Uh, I'm still not sure what the song is actually about, but the vocals are soaring. He, he, you can tell he's coming into his own on this one. Um, the That one, the breakdown part, I am the beast that feeds the feast. I am the blood. I am release. I love those lyrics. It just ugh, just makes you want to just punch infants and, <laughs> and just <laughs> ah, it's it just I love it. Um, that's my choice, and uh, I yield my time. Okay, all right, Fat Tony, two minutes on the clock. What is your choice for best song off of Load? Bleeding me. I mean, it's a fucking masterpiece. It's dark. It's brooding. It seems to be how he's not sure what it's about. It's like him driving and doing the career and damaging himself and knowing what he's doing. And I am the beast that feeds the feast. I am the blood. I am really, you know, it's, it's fucking amazing. Again, listen, this was a lot harder. There's a, but house that Jack built was the close second outlaw torn being third. And, uh, it's just, but no, Bleeding Me is my hands-down favorite. Like, when I say close second, it's 
you can't see this as a visual medium, I'm raising my hand fairly high for bleeding me and then lowering it about a foot for House of Jack, which was still great. I agree. It was his vocal stylings that really got me on that. But uh, no, Bleeding Me, I've liked that since day fucking one of the album coming out. Like, it was one of those that goes up there with, like, uh, Fade to Black or uh, uh, for later albums. I love The Unnamed Feeling from St. Anger. Suck it. I love a song off that album. <laughs> but uh, no, it's fucking, it, it, that's my answer. So, thankfully, we have an agreement instead of a three-way split unless somebody changes their mind. But that's my answer, and I yield my time. It's a good thing we're not doing Saint Anger because I feel like Brandon would pick Invisible Kid, not how. Oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> Flip the table moment. <laughs> Shoot me again, I ain't dead. No, that's the oh, that's the one that really gets me mad. But I legitimately love Unnamed Feeling. Yeah, that's a good song. No, it's it's it is a it is the the least offensive of, of <laughs> songs available. There's another song off of uh, Saint Anger that I like, and I'm I'm trying to think of what it's I like called. Saint Anger, Frantic, and Unnamed Feeling, and all within my hands. Sweet, sweet Sarah, sweet Amber, sweet Amber. Sweet Amber. That's sweet Amber. Um, I've I've heard some people that have re-recorded that um, in like standard E and with the tempo up, and it's fucking fantastic. Like, a lot of those songs. Nobody's they, ever covered Metallica as well as Miley Cyrus, so so. I'm get just the like, fuck out of I my just house. Want, I want you to don't say even that. live here. I know that's how mad I am about <laughs> that. It became his house. <laughs> Uh, listen, All um, right. Bleeding Me was my second choice. Okay. And for me personally, uh, the only reason I didn't choose it is because I just, I really identify with like the lyrical stuff. Um, and because like the early Metallic albums to me are really motivated and they're like, they're, they're like juggernauts. You know, it's the immovable force meaning the irresistible object or yeah. the other way around. But you know what I'm saying? And as they progressed and their sound kind of softened, they lean more heavily, the good songs lyrically. And the whole point you talked about, like, you know, Bleeding Me being a little more abstract, that's why I didn't choose it as my number one. But it, it's, yeah. I don't think there's really any bad songs. As far as the lyrical gymnastics, Until It Sleeps has a really good one in there, if you've ever paid attention. Most people are like, it's the same thing with Meatloaf. Like, what is it? It is always the last thing he talked about in the line of the verse before. You have ears, Brent. I don't know. I'm not, not everybody that. knows that. I'm not stupid like most people. <laughs> <laughs> we are from uh, East Tennessee. I have to explain that to us. You're, you're probably right. He's definitely right there. All right. We're, we're coming in on qualifying round number seven. We have uh, loads follow-up. Reload. The winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket position number six. Released November 18th, 1997. It went to number one in the U.S. Uh, I can't talk. Number one in the U.S. and U.K. It went three times platinum, so we've had another drop-off from from Load, but still three million albums back then. Fucking lot of albums. Number one, Fuel. It went to number 31 in the U.K., but did not chart in America. Thank God. Number two, The Memory Remains, featuring Marianne Faithful. Uh, single charted, uh, went to number 28 in the U.S. and number 13 in the U.K. Number three, Devil's Dance. Number four, Unforgiven 2, single charted, number 59 in the U.S. and which number 15 in the U.K. <clears throat> uh, five, Better Than You. Six, Slither. Uh, seven, Carpe Diem Baby. Eight, Bad Seed. Nine, Where the Wild Things Are. Ten, Prince Charming. 
11, Low Man's Lyric. 12, Attitude. And closing out the album, we have Fixer, and that's Fixer with three X's. Tony, you're going to be starting us out. Two minutes on the clock. What is your choice for the best song off of Reload? Okay, this is kind of hard for me. This does have a lot of crap, but it's obviously fuel. I'm just playing. Like, <laughs> no, 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 that, no. But this, it really came down between two songs, Fixer and my actual choice, and I'm probably going to get shit for it, and I don't blame them, but I'm staying by it, Unforgiven 2. How many fucking songs do you know that get a sequel that is worthy of a sequel? It, it matches tonally, uh, lyrically, like, you know, everything, but still... It's not the same. It's not a ripoff. It's not um, Unforgiven 3 from Death Magnetic, which I like as a song, but they could have just named it something else because it didn't connect. But these two go together. It is a fucking great song. It's not their heavy, but like I said, the Fixer Fixer was my follow-up, and it's another like slow burn fucking kind of song like that. This was not the time. that Their fast songs like Fuel and attitude those weren't the good that's what they were fucking dropping the ball on really hard i'm looking at my phone and not the time and trying to keep track of the time <laughs> but uh no like unforgiven the video little whack not good video's not good they, they went a little too artsy on that one and it didn't work out well but the song itself is a fucking just jam and um at this time when this song came out, I was the only one that experienced what the inside of a woman's vagina felt like. So I, my, my opinion is more valid. <laughs> I'm just playing. Anyway, I yield my time. My answer is Unforgiven to the greatest sequel song ever. All right, Brent. You're, oh, oh, it's my go. Two right. minutes on the clock. What's your choice for best song off of Reload? Three, two, one, go. Uh, okay, so Reload. Uh, this was all the B-sides from Load, so uh, I'm of the opinion of uh, Fat Tony here. There aren't a whole lot of good songs on this one, but they're Metallica songs. They're still okay. Um, my favorite song off of Reload is Fixer, um, just because I'm a hipster. I know. I can feel you. I can feel your eyes. Um uh, it, it's very uh, atmospheric. It's very emotional. Um, I don't pay attention to lyrics like Brandon does, so I can't quote them. But uh, the, the the solo in this one is just like the the slide is just him screaming through his guitar, and I love it. Uh, it just it takes you on a ride. Uh, that's all I can say about it. Uh, I yield my time. Bitch right. is my number two. Right. Anyway. Two minutes on the clock. All right. Brandon, three, two, one, go. Let's just clear the air so everybody's on the same page. Reload sucks. To be fair, as Brent said, a lot of these tracks were written during the load sessions and they were left off for obvious reasons. If Reload had been marketed in that way, I think it actually would have a better reputation as just a B-side album. However, that's not really the way it was marketed. So I'm going to be judging it in the terms of how people judged it at the time. And that is, it gets a big poop emoji stamped on it. That is to say uh, that there's not every, not every song is a turd, but most of them are. Uh, so let's just look at this. Like there's uh, there's some great music, regardless of when it was recorded, it still feels timeless, or at least music should feel that way. 
Reload, however, is the most 1997 thing that you will ever hear. 13 songs of little consequence <coughs> that became outdated and passe very quickly. Uh, Memory Remains is very catchy, but after a listen a couple times, I don't want to hear it ever again. Unforgiven too. It's okay, but it lacks the depth of its predecessor. As for fuel, I'd rather drag my balls through broken glass while being pelted in the eyeballs with pounds of glitter to ever utter a single second of that again. Lowman's lyric is cool, but Metallica's not the drop, Dropkick Murphy, so pass. My choice is Fixer. Not because it's great, but because it actually feels like a song that was written with the intention of actually seeing the light of day. I yield my time. This album sucks. <laughs> Fixer was my close second. I just, in terms of like the validity and reasoning, picked Unforgiven 2. Fixer, like I, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. We need more sequels to Unforgiven. I can't wait for the next <laughs> one. Like, what are you Unforgiven for? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Metallic. <laughs> we just did a, another watch along, and they kept saying, "Where's his check? Where is Brent Fox's check, Metallica?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll get we'll get them on on Twitter and, and uh, make sure that you're properly credited because yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, it, it was going to happen whether I said anything yeah. or not. <laughs> they right. know how to milk a cow. All right, we're going into our final qualifying round, and I want to quantify real quickly. We're only doing disc one of Garage Inc. And the reason being is because the second disc is songs from the EP and then, you know, and some other stuff that they recorded for B-sides and so on. So we're taking this strictly as the uh, cover album that it was intended to be. The last of the, the era of Metallica being the biggest band on the planet, we have Garage Inc., the winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket position number four. It was released November 24th, 1998. It went to number two in the U.S. and number 29 in the U.K. It has gone five times platinum, so it was more successful than Reload. I would imagine that they, they, could have, they could have shit on microphone uh, for a solid hour. No, that's what they did with St. Anger. <laughs> And I think it sold better, too. Yeah, probably. Um, uh, number one, Free Speech for the Dumb, which is a Discharge cover. Number two, It's Electric, which is a Diamond Head song. Three, Sabra Cadabra, which is a Black Sabbath song, but I will also uh, point out that there's a little bit of National Acrobat thrown in there just for good measure. Number four, Turn the Page, which is a Bob Seger classic. It charted number one on the U.S. Billboard mainstream rock charts, but did not place on the overall charts. So we're becoming a little more niche in this era. Still hitting it hard with the rock fans, but a little less with the overall public. Number five, we have Die, Die, My Darling, a Misfits cover. Charted number 26 on the U.S. Billboard Mainstream Rock Charts, but did not place on the overall charts in the U.S., but it did chart number 29 in the U.K. Number six, Loverman, which is a Nick Cave and the Bad Seed cover. Number seven, Merciful Fate, which is just a medley of a myriad of Mis Merciful Fate songs. Number eight, Astronomy, which uh, is a Blue Oyster Cult cover. Number nine, which is a whiskey in the jar. This is a the Thin Lizzy version of a traditional Irish song. So they're they're covering a cover, if that makes sense. Uh, was released as a single. It charted number four on the U.S. Billboard Main Street Rock charts, but didn't place overall on the charts in the U.S., but did chart number 29 in the U.K. Starting to see a trend. They're becoming bigger overseas than they are in America. Number 10, Tuesday's Gone, which is a Leonard Skinner cover, which has a whole bunch of uh, extra personnel on it. you got John Popper. You've got um, 
Uh, maybe Ricky Medlock, some people from Leonard Skinner and, and uh, Billy Powell. So you've got have Pepper from Corrosion of Conformity. I believe so. Pepper, yeah. So so you've got uh, you know a peppering of other <laughs> artists. <laughs> and, and then uh, kind of uh, we end the album as we began with a discharge cover. The more I see, Brent, you're going to be starting us out again. All right. I started That's last fine. time. I, I started. I, I picked Unforgiven. Yeah, too. bitch. I know what I'm doing. Shut up. <laughs> I can't keep up. Shut up and talk. Okay. <laughs> Shut up and talk. Three, right. two, one, go. Um, so for Garage Inc., I had a hard time with this one because, uh, as I talked to Brandon before, these are not Metallica songs. Uh, they're all covers. But uh, it is still a good album. Uh, they did uh, a few songs uh, where they transformed them. And I really love that. Um, there's a couple medleys on there. I technically Sabracadabra is a medley because they throw a little bit of that other song in there. And Merciful Fate. Uh, I don't even know how many songs there are. I've, I've never listened to a Merciful Fate record, but uh, I love that song. Uh, that is a close second, though, to my number one song, which is Astronomy. That it's an absolute transformation of a song. That song is trash. If you listen to the Blue Oyster Cult, I hate that song. But um, it's very atmospheric, and uh, that's coming into the the vocal uh, singing like he was uh, talking about earlier. Uh, this was a masterful performance, in my opinion. Um, th- there's just a build. Like it starts off in near silence. And then just takes off to to outer space uh, at the end, and it's just it's an epic journey, and I love it. Uh, so astronomy is my pick, and um, I yield my time. All right, two minutes on the clock. I'm up next. Okay, let's see what you. I have a, I'm not going to say it out loud, but I have a guess in my head what's going to be. But let's see. First of all, I'm going to spend most of my time talking shit about Brent. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. It's not that you chose astronomy. It's that you shit talk Blue Oyster Cult from not only their greatest album, Secret Treaties. It is a fantastic song. I will tell you that they took it into a different direction, and I think that benefits the song for Metallica, but it's not a bad song to begin with, so fuck you. They didn't turn shit into fucking uh, Chardonnay. This isn't this isn't a, a chicken shit into ch- you know, chicken salad kind of situation. Um, and similarly... Uh, one of my all-time favorite bands, Merciful Fate. The Merciful Fate medley is my choice. And rather than tell you why the song's great, I'm going to tell you a story really quick. The way I found out about Merciful Fate is completely by accident. When I was a child, around maybe five or six years old, I was at a yard sale. And by this point, I knew who Kiss was. The Kiss makeup was, the iconography of it was hard to escape, even though they were not wearing the makeup at the time. I'm looking through some records because even though cassettes were like the main thing by that point, you know, albums were still pretty popular. So I'm at this fucking yard sale and I come across Merciful Fate's um, album Melissa. On the back, you have what I thought was a member of KISS. It turns out it was Rock and Roll Dracula, King Diamond. I bought that for, you know, like $2. I got home, and I did not listen to Merciful Fate or King Diamond for almost a decade afterwards because it scared me so fucking bad. Metallica did a great job in reintroducing me to a band that is one of the most important of my 
entire life. I love King Diamond, and even though James does not have the vocal prowess of King Diamond, I think he makes this song his own and does a damn good job of it. Great fucking medley. You get all the hits from Melissa, and uh, nuns have no fun for good measure. I yield my time with two, one, duh. All right. Two minutes on the clock. I'm up. I'm about to get super mad. (laughs) A great cover song takes a song and transforms it. And I was just blown the fuck away of being reintroduced to this amazing song, Astronomy. I know where me and Brent are coming from. I guarantee you that both me and him heard Metallica's version first. Because I can remember very specifically when there used to be an, a Revco instead of before it became CBS by Food Lion. And they had that Blue Oyster Cult album on cassette for like five bucks. I'm like, oh, hey, it's got astronomy. I fucking hated it. It was garbage. I'm not saying the album was. I'm saying because I knew it one way. I won't say objectively it is shit now. That's how I felt at the time after hearing fucking Metallica knock it out of the motherfucker. That's been the song I've been listening to the most this week after rediscovering Metallica when he does the like the build up and then hey oh my god I'm getting chills thinking about it. That I'm I'm I knew you picked Merciful Fate. I loved it, but they they just played the song in the style of Metallica of a band of their time. It was good. I mean, they did it well. I mean, they're fucking Metallica. They're not going to fuck it up. But they took a song using the bones and structure of it and made it a fucking Metallica song. They they took that song from Blue Oyster Cult, flexed up on it and said, this is ours now, bitch. And I love that. They they, they almost did that th- same thing with Turn the Page. But Turn the Page, they just elevated a little bit. Put a little Metallica stank on it. Still essentially the same song. That is not the case with Astronomy. They they took it and made it a fucking masterpiece. And again, all week, I've been I've had that on repeat going from my house to work, which is a 15 to 20 minute drive, just jamming the fuck out. I time's up. For the record. I don't. I'm not gonna argue with your choice. I'm just. Argue, I'm arguing that Brent saying it's a shit song to begin with. You can eat a turd, my friend. We both heard Metallica's first. I That's guarantee. That's a good it. point. Like, honestly, I don't think I've heard it since then because I was so disgusted with it the first time I heard it. I've given the choice. It's not a bad song by itself. We can listen we to it again after this, so I can change my opinion. It won't. But it I won't make you mad. <laughs> Because again, after a sh- man astronomy to the to like, I've been jamming outside the house, taking a shower, getting ready. Like it's the one I feel the most. It's not the one that should win, but it's the one I feel most strongly about going back for revisiting all this shit. That's weird. Isn't it amazing how like a cover song can kind of like transcend yeah. the era in which it was recorded, or even the the era of which the original was re- recorded. It's there. There are a few. Sometimes cover songs can take a life of that, like Jimi Hendrix "All Along the Watchtower." That's a cover song. Yep. You know, but he made Most that. Of all Jimi Hendrix songs. I know. Songs. Well, Johnny Cash taking hurt and just taking it from Trent Reznor says, "I'm going to take this, make this mine, and then die," because Anthony <laughs> Medford thought I was dead, so I had to put out this amazing single so Matt Underwood could be right, and then I'm going to die. That's a deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> all but, right. Rant Army, we have our eight heavy metal albums. I'm sorry, 
heavy metal anthems moving into the quarterfinals. But first, we're going to take some time to get some messages from our sponsors. Hello, Rant Army. This is Fat Fuck Scott. Coming back to you. Uh, really wish I was part of the episode in more of a longer format, but you do what you got to do. Favorite Metallica. This is actually a really, really hard one. I mean, all the Heavy Metal March Madnesses have been, but this one's closer to home. I mean, it's one of the big ones. I'd have to go with Intercent. I'm just kidding. Uh, Creeping Death is probably my overall pick. Um, it's the template for what Master of Puppets became. It has that awesome chant section of die die it's it's just a rip-roaring fucking song that tells a very scary biblical story and it's metallica when they were still badass and not resting on their laurels so that's definitely my pick creeping death uh back to you brandon miss all of you in the ran army miss you fat tony love y'all bye Alright, welcome back, Rent Army. It's down to eight songs, but only four can advance to the semifinals of Heavy Metal March Madness. Match number one, and this is a doozy, Unforgiven from 1991's The Black Album, up against Fixer with three X's from Reload. I'm going to be starting this off two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, go. Uh, this is not a hard choice. I guess like if I were to lay these songs next to one another, I, it, depending on what order I, I list them, listen to them in, maybe I would have more of a discerning disposition. But I'm going to have to go with the heavy hitter, and that's Unforgiven, simply because it is more culturally relevant. It's still played on the radio to this day, and it will continue to be played on the radio I've heard Fixer on the radio, but it's been about 20 years. So, uh, simply because of that fact, it's proven that it's stood the test of time, and I don't need the rest of my time. I will be yielding it. My choice is unforgiven. Tony, you're up next. Two minutes on the clock. It's fucking unforgiven. I like Fixer. Fixer's a great song. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. I'll listen to this every 10, 15... I'm driving the radio on. Unforgiven comes up. I'm going to tell the kids to shut up, and I'm going to turn it up. It's I don't care how many times I've heard it. I don't care that it's played out. It's a fucking great-ass song. And I like not the radio edit. I want the fucking long. They usually play the radio edit, but every now and then, like on Full Metal Jackie or something, they'll, they'll give you the full, real deal, raw dogging one. Uh, but no, I, yeah, I don't need my time. It's an easy fucking answer. It's you, Brent. All right, Brent. Two minutes on the clock. Okay. What do you got? Three, two, one. Listen, I know y'all feel the way you feel, but you should feel the way that you feel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's an easy choice. It's, it's fucking unforgiving. It's hands down. Like, I love Fixer. It's a great song. It, it, it gives you the feels. But it's unforgiven. It's it's uh, the of the Metallica songs. That's the Metallica song out of those two. So there you go. All right, fair enough. Uh, yield my time. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, fair enough. Uh, clean sweep. Unforgiven. We'll be continuing on. 
Match number two, which Tony will be starting us out on. Two minutes on the clock, and this one uh, may be a little more difficult. We have from Ride the Lightning, Creeping Death versus Garage Inc.'s Astronomy. <sighs> All right. I just told the guys, my strongest feeling of rediscovering a song was Astronomy. I forgot how much of a banger that is, but... I only need to look back on my notes for this song. Fuck you. This is it. Creeping fucking death. Hands down. Bar none. That song is a... Like, when you think Metallica and you hear that opening fucking riff, man, it's just so fucking iconic. Astronomy is a great cover of just a shitty, shitty Blue Oyster Cult song. I'm just, I'm just saying that to get a rise out of Brandon. I pointed out when we, we took a break that me and Brand, or me and Brent probably heard Metallica's version first. So, of course, we're not going to like the Blue Oyster Cult. But no, Creeping Death is fucking what may... It's the, the life, vital lifeblood of Metallica and why they dominated thrash and just became the juggernaut that they are. That's the only thing I need to say. I yield my time. All right. I'm up next. Two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, go. I'm not going to need very long. Uh, I love astronomy. It's a great song, but it's, it's uh, the, the unfortunate uh, position of being a cover and as great as it could be. And there are certain artists that like can do a cover and make it their own, like uh, Blue Monday, you know, like you're going to associate that at least more contemporarily with uh, fucking, uh, I can't even think of the orgy more than New Order. Um, you're going to, there's certain songs uh, all along the Watchtower. We talked about that outside. To me, that's a Jimi Hendrix song, even though Bob Dylan wrote it. Uh, Hurt. There's another one. Uh, you can go all down the line. But this is not a case of this song being owned by Metallica. And come on, Creeping Death. It's one of the greatest songs ever written. Metal or any other genre. I yield my time. Creeping Death. All right, Brent. Two minutes on the clock. Go. Um, this is an obvious choice. <clears throat> I said it earlier. Creeping Death's my favorite song of all time by Metallica. Um, it's Creeping Death. Uh, for the same reasons that uh, Brandon just said. Uh, Astronomy's not a Metallica song. You could be up against tri the tribute to the greatest song that has ever been written, <laughs> but it's still not a Metallica song. Uh, so it's Creeping Death, hands down. I yield my time. A very easy, clean sweep. All right, there's, uh, the eyes have it. <clears throat> creeping Death uh, kills Astronomy. Matchup number three, we have From Load, Bleeding Me, versus the OG from Kill 'Em All, Four Horsemen. Brent, you're going to be starting us out. Oh, don't start with me. <laughs> yeah, all right. Three, two, one, suck it. Um, I love both of these albums. Uh, this is probably the hardest pick for me. Um, I like Load more. Uh, I love Kill 'Em All. It's got that raw feel. Um, I love Four Horsemen. Um, the the gallop, the the riff, the everything. Four Horsemen's a fantastic song, uh, but I'm going with Bleeding Me because just the way it makes you feel. It's different. It's great. Um, I yield my time. All right, Tony, you're up next. Two minutes on the clock. 
fuck, this is a hard choice. I mean, I know as soon as they were said, because I intentionally didn't look at the sheet to see what was going against what, as soon as the options were laid out, I knew my choice. It's it's four horsemen, because again, as I wrote in my notes, duh, that fucking song is a banger. I mean, it is beer drinking, hell raising, I'm going to find some skank with her hair teased up with... Uh, hairspray when denim cutoffs and fuck her in the parking lot and bleeding me is I'm gonna feel and I got I got emotions in my heart and I do but sometimes I'd rather drink beer and fuck skanks so that's how I have to go I have to go in my heart it's drunk Tony not in touch with himself at, at mental peace and with able to express his negative emotions Tony fucking four horsemen all day every day twice on Saturday. But uh, again, it is painful. I love Bleeding Me. Bleeding Me is in my top five Metallica songs of all time. But guess what number four would be? Four Horsemen. I yield my time. All right. Two minutes on the clock for me. Three, two, one, go. Four Horsemen. I yield my time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. Sad about it. I mean, I'm glad Brent spoke up and gave some love to Bleeding Me, but man, beer drinking, hell raising, man. I fucking love Four Horsemen. Oh, like, yeah. there's not a bad song in the list left. No, yeah. I love every one of these, and it, like I said before, it's like shooting babies. I'm just mad because Fuel's not on there, so I'm just like, get get fucked. I mean, it uh, is the best song of all time. We just didn't use that one, so it wouldn't be so. It'd be yeah, fair. yeah, we'd we'd skew the whole thing. You know all what right. you can do? You can pour fuel all over your body, catch yourself on fire, and jump off a fucking bridge. I'll sing that song on the way down. <laughs> With my fingers in the air. Give me fire. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. And then you got time to hit the water land. Um, if you're giving me that which I desire, it is that you stop singing. And if you're on fire off of a bridge, you're going to accomplish that. So, congratulations. <laughs> All right. All right. What's match that? number four? And I think this is going to be the hardest <clears throat> for me, at least personally. We have from Master of Puppets, the title track, going up against And Justice for All's killer closer, Dyer's Eve. I'm going to be starting off this round. All right. Three, two, one. I'm in the unenviable position of not being to where I can say my choice and then. Uh, shit talk someone else's because I'm going first. <laughs> so I'm in the unenviable position, and I, I might be in the losing position. I have been quite a few times this uh, this go-round. Um, but I have to go with my all-time favorite song from Metallica, and that's Dyer's Eve. Master of Puppets is probably the most relatable song in terms of, like, it's the song that, like, you put in uh, the CD player when you want to say... Expose someone to like well, this, this is Metallica. This is the distillation of them. But is it the best Metallica song? Nah, I don't know. I don't know about that. To me, I think Dyer's Eve is overall a better song. It's the question is: Is it a better Metallica song? And with the exception of uh, there being no bass on it, I think it is. I really do. And uh, Master of Puppets may play better to a middle of the road fan base, but if you're a fucking metalhead. And you want to make a statement? Dyer's Eve kills it on every level. It is like taking a cheese grater to your balls during war. It is it's the endurance of endurances. It, it feels like a, a marathon and a sprint. 
I think it is like stepping on a mortar and having your guts blown out through your nostrils. And I mean that in the best way possible. I yield my time. All right, right, Brent, you're up next. Uh, I don't want to be next. Three, two, one, go. So uh, I am also in a, uh, a position here that I do not care for because while one of these was my choice, the other was not my choice. And but one of them's off of a complete trash album, and the other one is off of the best album, the best metal album of all time. So, uh, you're hearing me ponder in my head. I'm going through seizures right now. I don't even know what to do. Um, I'm going to pick Master of Puffets just to make it interesting, even though I know what. Tony's answer is going to be, um, I'm sorry, Brandon. I love Dyer's Eve as well, but Master's got it. I yield my time. Uh, before you go, Tony, I want to say one thing. And um, I didn't realize that Master of Puppets uh, was on uh, a Black Sabbath album. I, I, I had no idea. When you, I know. It's when, crazy. The best metal album of all time. Was it on oh, uh, Master Reality? I, 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 Is that I'm a B-side? A, are we talking about heavy blues or are we talking about metal? You get fucked. <laughs> I will fuck you in I the believe ass. Ozzy said he wanted to play heavy blues. Uh, Ozzy didn't write the music or the lyrics to most Black Sabbath songs, so Ozzy could sing whatever the fuck he wants and <laughs> do what Tony Iommi says. Well, I don't keep up with bands that aren't metal bands. Just <laughs> oh, bands. damn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I can honestly say right now that, I, that, I, that um, is, is, as much as I, I love you as a human being, I equally hate you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was all love before that, that one statement. Anyway, uh, it's Tony. my turn. Three. Master of Puppets. I'm sorry. It's Master of Puppets all day, every day. It's not middle of the road. It's it's more played out. I will admit it's more exposed then Dyer's Eve, which Dyer's Eve is a fucking banger. Dyer's Eve is awesome. I love it. But you only think it's middle of the road because it has such an impact. It's like not being able to see uh, the forest for the trees. It is It is a landscape, monumental achievement in thrash metal. That album and title track. Uh, Battery and every other song on that fucking thing. But, you know, in comparison, it's like picking... Uh, Curse of Chucky over uh, Friday the 13th Part 4. Curse of Chucky is great. Curse of Chucky was, you know, a pick. Loved in that in our Slasher sequel. So, Showdown, it's no Friday. That's a great analogy. Master of Puppets is the Friday the 13th Part 4 of fucking metal songs. I'm scared of what's going to come up in the semifinals from how the brackets are going, but Master of Puppets all day, every day, no lube, take me now, daddy. I yield my time. I'm not happy, but I but I respect it. <sighs> Continuing to the next round, Master of Puppets. In the midst of this bloody, heavy metal war, now only four are left standing as we move into our semifinals of Heavy Metal Marsh Madness. But first, here's some messages from our sponsors. 
Ren Army. It's Stink Dick Eddie. Long time no here. You may know me as well as Eddie Shepard from other podcasts such as Wrestling Recommendations. Here to give you my pick for Heavy Metal March Madness 3. And of course we're doing Metallica. So why not do it from where it all started? With Kill 'Em All. With my favorite song being The Four Horsemen. Great song. Great energy. It is the epitome of thrash metal. And I think it's one of the better songs from Metallica. I could also argue Load and King Nothing is a great Metallica album and song, even though most metalheads shit on Load and Reload. But like I was saying, guys, my pick and my favorite, Four Horsemen from Kill 'Em All, has the energy, the power, the riffs of fucking Metallica. And that's my pick for Metal March Madness 3. Ren Army, I appreciate you guys having me on, and I can't wait to be on the podcast again. Welcome back, Headbangers. It's down to the top four, but only two can advance to the finals of Heavy Metal March Madness. All right, guys. This is it. We're this in the deep gonna, water here, this man. Is, this is going to be hard, I think, for everybody involved. Uh, Tony, you're up first. Oh, you son of a bitch. From the Black Album, we have Unforgiven going up against Ride the Lightning's Creeping Death. Two minutes on the clock. I mean, the answer is obviously Creeping Death. I mean, we're talking about Metallica here. We're talking about great best Metallica songs. Unforgiven is, is, is monumental in their shift change. It is not the ballads that they had done with, like, Welcome Home Sanitarium and Fade to Black. That's half ballad. And then, hey, we still, we're still thrashy metal. No, it's, it's, it's like a pseudo ballad. It's just a mid-tempo juggernaut. Creeping Death is fucking perfection. It's a heavy metal orgasm in my ears. I wanted to jack that music off into my skull hole and impregnate my brain with visions of dead Egyptian babies and fucking amazing fucking music from top to bottom. Iconic, heavy, fucking wonderful stealing the little bit of Die By My Hand by Exodus and incorporating it into that. It's fucking a masterpiece and I it's there's just no option all right I yield my time all right Brent two minutes on the clock three two one go uh, this is an easy choice for me as well uh creeping death hands down for all the reasons uh nothing else to say I yield my time Concise. All right, two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, go. Uh, For all the reasons that have been stated above, how could I argue against Creeping Death? But I will say, uh, let's not shortchange Unforgiven simply on its its face. Uh, Unforgiven was a cultural touchstone, you know, in the 90s, and it's continued well beyond what most songs, you know, do. And their expiration date is... You know, a generation, and they're lucky if they get that, but it's continued on. That being said, with every new generation of metalheads, even though they may start off with the hits, inevitably they're going to find their way to the core of of the metal rock that is the ironclad masterpiece known as Creeping Death. So that is my choice. I yield my time. All right. All right, this one, our second semi-final match two absolute heavy hitters two of the most lauded heavy metal anthems of all time we have four horsemen 
going up against Master of Puppets. Brent, I do not envy you. Two minutes on the clock. All right, buddy. Three, two, one. Go. All right. Um, so my choice here is based on the development of Metallica. Four Horsemen was great in the beginning of Metallica. It's a banger. It's an absolute just metal masterpiece when you're 19. Um, Master of Puppets is an it's just them developed into real musicians, into real songwriters, into the greatest metal band on the face of the earth. <laughs> so, I'm going to go with Master of Puppets. I yield my time. Alright, two minutes on the clock. I'll be taking the next round. Three, two, one, go. Master of Puppets is about cocaine, but in my opinion, it's crack cocaine. And the, the pure, pure <laughs> cocaine, Bolivian Bam Bam, is Four Horsemen. If I want to hear a traditional heavy metal song, yeah, Master of Puppets, it, it rings all the bells. So I can understand why that would be someone's choice. Four Horsemen, on the other hand, has lyrical content that is always going to challenge me more than songs about depression and, and you know, doing drugs. And that's, you know, admittedly, that's never been a, a part of my life. And it's not something that really motivates me to want to listen to it more. It's a kick-ass song, sonically. But I think Four Horsemen, especially coming from mechanics, and it's it evolved. You were talking about something evolving. I think Four Horsemen is one of the greatest speed metal thrash anthems of all time. Period. So, maybe an unpopular opinion, and maybe I'll lose. But I'm willing to go down. And let's just put it this way. Master of Puppets is great, but at the end of the day, when Revelation comes down, are you going to want to stand in front of God and tell him the wrong answer? I think, I, I, I think, I think uh, pestilence, plague, war, death. Four fucking horsemen. Woo! I yield my time. Uh, I'd like to say that Brandon said he'd go down. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought, we, too. Keep that we need that right. isolated too. I will go down. I will go. <laughs> two All right. Minutes on the clock. That's two minutes on the clock. All right. We're going to talk about evolutions of band sonically. Classic, stereotypical. I'm sorry. Four Horsemen, you take out the lyrical content, sounds like 800 other thrash metal bands at the time. Great thrash metal bands. It's an angsty teen. Finding atheism and being mad about it and earth and religion and I'm scared. Master of Puppets was socially relevant. Again, it's one of those you can't, we can never go back and hear it again for the first time. I remember hearing that shit for the first time and just being, you know, having my dick blown off and replaced with a bigger <laughs> steel dick that was fully functional. <laughs> And Master of Puppets was it. It is a it is a mature band elevating the whole of thrash metal. Four Horsemen is a fucking banger. It was my on my notes, duh. Cause it's the only option on that album for the best Metallica. And there's some good songs on that album. I fucking love the song, but again, it's 
is more of it. It's very dated to me. Because finding bands, even not pro Satan, who were so evil and satanic, Thrash didn't have all that that much. But finding, oh, we're angry about religion or using religious imagery in a scary way was a lot more common than, hey, we're going to sing about a real issue, you know, affecting the world right now. We're going to make a fucking amazing song from it. And, you know, I guarantee you I'm the only person in here in this room that has listened to that song on cocaine. <laughs> Did I feel guilty about it? No, it fucking rocked because that song is fucking <laughs> classic. It, it, it is the fucking shit. I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> the other six seconds, seven seconds I have, it's a fucking banger. Master Puppets all day, every day. Yes. There. Sorry. I, I, I feel you, Brandon, but I had the heart once with the heart once, and this heart wants cocaine. All, all <laughs> I can say is when... When, when revelation when, comes, when it happens, and, and you're you're proven wrong, <laughs> and you are cast into the lake of fire, and have I'll jump in the fire. <laughs> you should have fucking picked that then. <laughs> uh, but, it would have lost. Yeah, easily. Yeah, not but, yeah, you're gonna have pineapple showed up your ass by Hitler for all eternity, and if that's your thing, then cool. Uh, but yeah, but, yeah, you don't know either. <laughs> all right, guys. Don't me a good all time. right. So we have basically Metallica album. Number two going up against number three, the Cliff Burton era, the best era. Fuck you, Brent. <laughs> he said, now, in fairness to Brent, he said the most commercially successful era was the Newstead era, and he's not wrong. No, he's right about that. The best era is the Burton era. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fuck you, Brent. Coming up <laughs> in our main event, we pit the absolute heavy hitters of Creeping Death against the OG, the penultimate thrash metal song Master of Puppets to declare an uncontested victor in 2023's Heavy Metal March Madness Tournament. But first, here's some messages from our sponsors. Hey everybody, it's Titty Flippin' Travis, best known for his appearances on anything wrestling related and of course, the uh, number one Halloween movie of all time, Halloween Resurrection. Uh, here with his pick for Heavy Metal March Madness 3, which is Fuel by Metallica. And the only reason I'm choosing that is because Brandon says I can't choose Saint Anger because he's not going that far up in their catalog or something, I, which I think is a travesty because it is uh, Metallica's magnum opus to the world. It's their, it's their greatest thing they've ever done. But close second is Fuel. Um, and it is literally the first song I downloaded on Napster when, uh, I knew Napster was a thing because it was such a great song, but you know, give me fuel, give me fire, give me that what y'all desire. It's just fucking get your blood pumping. Gives you, it gives me a raging fucking heart on, I don't know about you guys, but, uh, um, if Brandon doesn't let this win, he is the definition of a Canadian bitch, Canadian cuckster at all. Um, all points of points to that. He's a Canadian cuckster anyway, but, uh, also, Fat Tony, I know you're listening to this. Uh, you can go fuck yourself, and I'm still waiting to hit your hit you with a steel chair uh, at the most opportune time. But uh, that's my pick: Fuel, uh, NASCARs, and Runaway Anthem. So you know what? If it doesn't win, go fuck yourself. All right, this is it, Ran Army. The moment we've all been waiting for: Creeping Death versus Master of Puppets to decide which Metallica song reigns supreme in heavy metal march madness. All right, guys, 
I yet again keep finding myself in the position of having to go first. <laughs> two minutes on the clock. All right, buddy. Better you than me. Three, two, one, go. When we were discussing this off of uh, being recorded, uh, Fat Tony made a, a, an interesting comment, and I, and I think it's a true comment. This is like number one A and number one B, and it's really just going to come down to personal preference and which of these songs advances. And yet again, I keep having to hammer this point home, but Creeping Death is just a really interesting song about killing babies. And I just feel like we need more of that. (laughs) Um, I think they're both comparable in terms of like uh, Sonic, you know, Master Puppets has got that great driving kind of thing. And it's got a really good solo. Creeping Death, however, is like having your balls stepped on from the get-go and then just trampled into a fucking oblivion. And you're, you're just like... Whatever testosterone you had, it's just like seeping into your body and it goes into places that's never been before. I don't know if it's possible to get a boner in my eyeballs or in my ears, but that's how I fucking feel when I hear Creeping Death. It's probably not going to be the song that most people choose. But gun to my head, last moment on earth, which of these songs do I want to hear? Do I want to hear the song that I heard on Stranger Things? Or do I want to hear the song that I heard on fucking Headbanging, Headbanger's Ball back in the day? It's a no-brainer for me. Creeping death or death. I yield my time. Tony, you're up next. All right. Here it is. Uh, three, two, one. These are very comparable in structure, the multi-part, the the origin, you know, the the variety of riffs and songs and parts and leads. One is Master Puppets is the band fully formed into a juggernaut of killing power in Master Puppets. Creeping Death is the cool, good party band showing you that they are not that. They are a fucking juggernaut force to be reckoned with. I've been sitting here, and I know everybody's thinking I'm going to pick one, but I'm about to, like, I gotta go creeping death. It is, it's probably going to be a clean sweep because of me, but if I have to be honest with myself, like Brandon said, gun to my head, what do I want to hear before I die? Creeping death. He failed to mention that it's like getting stepped on your balls by like a really hot German sex worker. You know, you kind of pay for it because you love it so much. But it when they get into that die by my hand part, it just fucking <clears throat> sends chills down my spine thinking about it. This is a one A one B thing, but this is this is fully realized potential starting. And Master Puppets has fully realized potential cemented. This is there. That's them rocking out with their cock out. Fuck you. We're the greatest thrash metal. This is the one that's like, surprise, bitches. We're the greatest thrash metal band of all time at that point, arguably. But no, I've got to go. Creeping fucking death, man. Uh, I yield my time. All seven seconds. All right, Brent. You're going to have a dissenting vote or are you going to cement us? Two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one. So, uh, 
as it's been said, uh, these are two gigantic songs versus each other. Uh, Creeping Death and uh, Master of Puppets. Uh, Master of Puppets is Metallica refined. They uh, they have honed their craft. They they have their their harmonies down. They are really good at this point in their career at making epic songs that take you on a journey. Creeping Death, on the other hand, doesn't take you on so much of a journey. It is more like rage controlled, barely. Like it's you're hanging on by the skin of your teeth, just trying to make it through. And that is probably why Creeping Death is the ultimate song to me for Metallica. Uh, Master of Puppets is uh, is fantastic in every way, shape, form. I'm so happy that uh, Stranger Things brought that back to light. That there are, there's a new generation of metalheads that are hearing Metallica for the first time. I wish I could do that again. I wish I could go back and be like, "Damn, this shit is amazing!" It blew my mind. Um, but that being said, creeping death all day, every day, no questions asked. I yield my time. Also with seven seconds. Well, gentlemen, we have a clean sweep. Uh, for the sake, just so we're cementing this, would anybody like to change their arguments based on, or change their pick based off of anybody's arguments? No. I want to pick Invisible Kid. <laughs> <laughs> I want to pick Fuel. Fuck both of you. <laughs> Actually, the one that gets me, the one that pissed me off, y'all said, shoot me again, I ain't dead yet. I fucking hate that song. <laughs> no, the worst one is their brand new single, but don't even get me started. Yeah, they're they're definitely treading familiar water. and They're old. And they get to do it. They've done enough. That if they want to just you know, put it in autopilot so they can go out on tour and charge $500 a ticket, let them. They've earned it. This has been a lot of fun. But it's also been really hard for all the obvious reasons. And by no fault of their own, a lot of great uh, Metallica songs weren't included in this because the album that they were on was either, you know, not applicable for in this tournament or, you know, you know, or has yet to come out. Um, but I think it's only right that we kind of pay homage to at least give some honorable mentions. So, Tony, what's your honorable mention for Metallica's later catalog. Okay. Uh, as I've told them both before, St. Anger gets shit on a lot. Deservedly so. Uh, the Unnamed Feeling is in my top ten Metall- favorite Metallica songs of all time. It is a fucking masterpiece in an album that did it, it didn't deserve to get stuck on that shit album that was just... Bob, that was the worst of the Bob Rock era. We're just... Jason's gone. I'm going to get in the band now. Fuck you. And they still got Randy Trujillo wisely and wisely released the album with like a DVD practice session of it, which just sounds so much better. Uh, Death Magnetic, when it came out, I was super You mean pumped. Rob Trujillo? You said, was, you said Randy. I thought it, I'm thinking because Ozzy, he's always going to be associated with Ozzy in my head. Robert Trujillo. 
Uh, but no, oh, you're I, talking about Randy Castillo, the drummer for Ozzy. You're getting them mixed up. Robert Trujillo played for Ozzy. Oh, I know, but you said Randy. Oh, I was singing Randy Rhodes on guitar. He's that, drunk. Leave him alone. I'm not that drunk anymore. I'm sobered up. I'm trying to defend you. No, there's Let no defense. Defend Shame on me. I'll burn my penis later. <laughs> but anyway, no, uh, Death Magnetic. He'll do it. I've seen it. <laughs> I'll do it for fun. But like Death Magnetic, when it came out, I'm like, wow, they're getting heavy again. I listen to the whole album front to back, all smiles. To this day, there's two songs I go back and visit. Uh, all Nightmare Long, fucking banger. Uh, that would be my honorable mention followed closely by Broken, Beaten, Scarred. Everything else is forgettable. Hardwired to Self-Destruct, I listened to once. I think Atlas Rise was the song I really liked. I don't know. <laughs> S&M, No Leaf Clover was really good off S&M. It's an atypical Metallica song, but but it's a good song. Yeah, it's a good song. Those are, those are like my... Uh, I do want to give dishonorable mention to the, their newest track, uh, Screaming Suicide, and how it made me so mad. So fucking mad I couldn't see straight, because the other single was like, okay, it's bland and generic. Do I need to take you to a safe space? I might need a hug. I might need hugs, but yeah, no. Mouth hugs. Mouth on hugs on stick. my pinky stick. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's old school, uh, but yeah, no. That those are those are my honorable mentions. Rat brain. All right, I'll give mine real quick. Uh, it's going to be pretty pretty quick and to the point. Uh, when Death Magnetic came out, I was working for a newspaper, and I got sent an advanced copy of it before it ended up online. This is actually how it ended up online, uh, because <laughs> all these dun, dun, all these dun. people leaked it, but. I, I had it, and I had the uncompressed version, which is so much better than the uh, version you can get on disc, because uh, those songs are fucking condensed and compressed to shit on fucking the disc. But All Nightmare Long uh, is the best Slayer song Slayer never wrote. Um, it felt like they were actually writing music uh, for the sake of enjoyment, rather than we have to write this type of song. And there's other songs on that album that I feel like were more calculated and like, well, that you know, we're we're trying to get back to our roots and let's make a song that kind of sounds like this, if that makes sense. Um Murder One from uh Hardwired, I like that song. I kinda in the same boat. Like I don't remember a lot of the tracks from that. Moth to a Flames, alright I guess. And as for the newest album, um I I'll pass so far. Brent, honorable mention. Um, so yeah, uh, for Saint Anger, uh, the unnamed feeling, uh, that's a great song. Uh, I probably listened to Saint Anger maybe once or twice. That day, that's a bad day in Metallica history. I almost threw that out the window the first day I bought it. I oh, was so sad. Oh, I I did. You did. I bought it at Fye. I listened to it. Twice all the way through. I'm thinking like, I'll eventually I'm going to come around on this. I fucking threw it away. I was so pissed off. Yeah. No guitar solos. Why Why is Kirk even in the band? <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, really? A lot of people ask that even with the solos. <laughs> I, I've seen I've seen the documentary. I, I blame Bob Rock on all that. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he should he be. He let them get lost up their own ass. So, uh, Death Magnetic... I actually like Unforgiven Three. Uh, it should be yeah, named something different. Yeah, it's not a um, scene. You're right. Uh, the best song off that one, All Nightmare Long. Yeah, easy. I we picked agree. that one the first time I heard it. 
uh, I told my friend Paul, it's like, this is the best song. He disagreed with me wholeheartedly. I hope Paul uh, is dead in a ditch somewhere. Fuck you, Paul. I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony knows him. Paul. I mean, Tony. Marshall? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. There's stories about that. We'll tell you. We'll, we'll tell off um, right. But well, the I'll, best I'll, song that Metallica has written in 30 years, Spit Out the Bone. Easy on Hardwired. Are you, are you joking? I, I don't know if you're I, joking. I know. It's I the last re- song on the album. <laughs> I don't that remember. That is easy. That, that song could have been it. on Ride the Lightning. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it on the but, way uh, home. I, don't, I might not have got that far in the album. You I might not have. Half a hardwired, if they'd have just thrown away like half of it, they'd have had a great album. I'm I, sorry. I'm going to agree with him there because when I got it, I didn't realize it was like two disc. I don't know why it was two disc. You can put it all on one CD. I don't know. But I it was I don't think I even listened to the second disc probably like a, until a week later because I didn't realize there was one. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> the way just the way the packaging was made because it's like you know those plastic not plastic but those cardboard sleeves and like yeah. it was like in the other compartment and I just didn't even think to look in there. I I did I didn't yeah. buy it. I bought Death Magnetic physical media. I did not buy Hardwired to self destruct on physical media. I just listened to what I listened to on Spotify. I bought it and I got one whenever I went to see them, and I gave that copy away. Guys, I think that's going to close us up for this episode. We're going to be back soon with an all new in depth movie retrospective. So stay tuned for that. Or maybe it'll be an After Dark. I don't know. You'll just have to wait and see. Till then, subscribe to the Ransom of the Black Lodge podcast on one of the many platforms we're available on, including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can find us. We greatly appreciate that subscription. Don't forget to stop by our webpage at JuicyKruger.com. Follow us on social media at Ransom Black Lodge. And for the love of Cthulhu, buy a t-shirt, a mug, a sticker, or whatever you may be inclined to do so at our web store at rantarmy.com. For Brent Fox, for Fat Tony, I'm Brandon A. Lane signing off. Till next time, Rant Army, keep marching.